Hey everybody, welcome back to the Drum Mantra Podcast. Happy New Year. I know it's the second week of February already, but it has just been a crazy beginning of this year, and I'm really happy to be back talking to you. Patterns, permutations, time, rhythm, coordination, meter, concentration, tempo, modulation, groove. Welcome to the Drum Mantra Podcast. This is Rich Stitzel, and it's time to go deeper with your practice. Polyrhythms, polymeters, what are they? How are they related? How are they different? Let's take a look. Before I set up anything in a session, I try to find out, hey, what's the first song we're going to do? Can we go listen to it? Is there some kind of demo? And then, because I hate, I hate just like throwing up like any old symbols and snare drum and whatever, um, building a kit and then going to listen to the song and go like, oh, well, I wouldn't use half the stuff that's up here. The way to be successful at something is you have to be so passionate about it that time disappears. You do not care. Just in it. You can't wait to wake up because you get to start again. When you go to sleep, you hope that you dream about it. That's what I'm talking about when I talk about passion. I, I really feel like that's a really underemphasized part of being a drummer. Is getting sad. What happens is you're moving the accents everywhere possible in a measure of 4-4, a measure of 3-4, and a measure of 5-4. You break it down, you know, sometimes you'll do three in each hand or whatever, but it's a, it's a combination of just those two things and throwing in a single kick drum or a double kick drum, and now you have these odd phrases. The year has been nuts. I've been traveling since the beginning of January. I've been in a different city every weekend playing gigs and doing some clinics around the country. And just recently, I got back in town from Texas, where I did a clinic at Texas Christian University for their percussion studio. And we had a really great time. And I thought I would just play the audio for you from that clinic. There's some nice little nuggets in there. So enjoy that, and I'll be back to talk to you at the end. Take care. Okay, so I wanted to start with that because I want to show you 
this this passion I have that kind of developed out of I don't know if it developed out of boredom or the fact that I got Ableton about ten years ago. Actually, it was Reason. You know, the software Reason. Yeah. I'm going to introduce myself in a minute. I just want to get into it because we don't have a whole lot of time. Um, I don't know what spurred it, but I started to mess around with these rhythmic relationships. Does anyone know the name of that particular relationship? What were we just doing? One hand was playing. This is a very touchy and very similar. There are two things that are very close. They're not polyrhythms. It's a polymeter. The relationship is polymetric. And I'm going to talk about that in a second. But what was one hand doing, the other hand doing? You said it, kind of. You said three and four. So what was the three? Does anyone remember what part, what, what, how would you count the three, the big three? Check, check. Like a dotted eight now? That would be the four. Oh, okay. So if your hand was doing four, your hand was playing dotted eighth notes, or three sixteenth note groupings, right? And the right, and the other hand was playing quarter notes, four note groupings, four sixteenth note groupings. The difference between a polyrhythm and a polymeter. Does anyone know? Because if you do, you you figured it out on your own, just like I figured it out on my own. Can anyone define? The difference, or or identify the difference between polyrhythm and a polymeter. Okay, a polyrhythm is two groupings of notes that resolve within the same amount of time. The simplest being two quarter notes and what? Come on, TCU percussioners. <laughs> three-chord note triplets. That is the kind of the simplest polyrhythmic relationship. It sounds like this. A polymeter is the same sub, this has different subdivisions. Polyrhythm, however many things you have to do there. Different subdivisions. Sorry, I just we ate a mama's pizza. <laughs> Same resolution. Now this can go much deeper, and it doesn't necessarily have to be so clean. You can have a polyrhythm that expands way beyond two quarter notes, but it's still, its relationship is, it is related to what it is on top of, right? You got that? These are duple based notes, meaning eighth note, sixteenth note, that kind of stuff. This is triple based notes, triplets. A, poly, a polymeter, can anyone kind of figure out what a polymeter might be if, if, if that's a polyrhythm? We're going to just go the opposite. Same, 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 subdivision. same subdivision. And the other part is true as well. Different resolution. 
Now, I did not learn this in college. I learned this eight years ago. I'm 48 years old. And I think about rhythm all the time. And I feel like it finally came to me how this, how this works and why this is true. Here's a polymeter. Let's just, let's just use the same subdivision, 16th notes. And if we accent every fourth, boom, boom, boom. And then up here, we're going to accent every third. That's not triplets. One and a two, and a three, and a one and a two, and a three, and a. This is what we were just doing. Common subdivision. Different resolutions. The dotted eighth note resolves within the quarter note. The quarter note is four sixteenth notes, so the dotted eighth note is one less. So it's resolving in a faster time. There are lots of these. We could accent every fifth sixteenth note and have a five to four polymetric relationship. That would take a measure of 5-4 to resolve. So there's a big difference, and you can really hear the difference in how these things sound. I'll do the polyrhythm. Seven notes in this hand, five notes in this hand. That's cool if you're a rhythm nerd. <laughs> How many people in here are percussion majors? Performance majors. Okay, no. great. Per oh. <laughs> uh, is there a difference? Education. Oh, okay. Education majors. How many people want to go into the career of playing an instrument or instruments as your career? And how many people want to go into the career of teaching? Like teaching band, teaching drumline, teaching private lessons, that kind of thing. How many want to do both? <laughs> Great. I, I suggest all of you raise your hands because that's how it has to be. When you're a professional musician, you do all of it. And the beauty of being a percussionist is there's so many things that we can teach and so many things we can work with. You can play in the orchestra, you can play in a symphony, you can play in pits, you can play in a band, you can, you know, on and on and on and on. You can teach, you can teach band, you can teach drumline, you can teach private lessons, you can do it, you can teach a clinic, you can do all these things. So when you are a musician, you want to open every single door that you can open. And they're all able to be opened. 
and they're all available for all of us. But I want you to start thinking as everything. Don't think of yourself as, I'm a performer, I'm a marimba player, I'm a timpanist only, I'm just going to travel and audition for symphonies until I get a gig. You've got to start, I'm not saying you have to start because I don't know any of you, but what I'm saying, I want you to really take to heart what I'm saying when I say, think of yourself as everything. I'm a performer, I'm an educator, I am a composer. How many of you compose? Awesome. I want everyone to be able to raise your hand if I ask that question the next time I see you. Now, composition doesn't have to be, I'm going to compose for a percussion ensemble, I'm going to compose for an orchestra. Compose for yourself. Sit down with Ableton or Reason and go, and listen to it. You composed a rhythm, and then figure out what, what is in it. What's in it? Now, how, does, how many of us know how to do this? All of us. How many of us knew you could count it four different ways? None of us, except for me. Because I spent a lot of time listening. I used to walk around with headphones and listen to that, and I would add, I would add one more thing to it. I'll go ahead and do that here so you can get a taste of that. So I would program that. I would program these weird sounds. I had like a sound and a sound. So it was really this real kind of strange sounding thing. And I would stretch it out in, re in reason for an hour, turn it into an MP3, put it on my iPod, and I would take walks and I would just listen to this for hours and try to understand what is going on here. I can hear it with the quarter note as the pulse. I can kind of hear it as the, the, eight, the dotted eighth as the pulse. A little more abstract, right? I have eight cents. So what's that ride symbol doing when I'm in the spoiled eight? What happens there? I realized 
my, the meaning of my life. <laughs> I did. It was like, okay, I know what I'm, I know I'm here. This is a meditation. This is a rhythmic meditation. And I still don't know what's going on. I can write it out. I can watch it as it's happening. I can listen to it. And I can see it intellectually, but I can't feel it yet. Can't feel it. It might be a whole lifetime of trying to really understand how to feel each of those placements. One, two, three, four. That's just one of them. One, two, three. What if I count the, the fives as three, as a big three? Now, if I'm counting these fives, guess what? The subdivision between each big note, there's five notes between each big note. They're called 20th notes. I invented that. They're called 20th notes. So if you're in 4-4 four, four, and you have five notes between each big pulse, they're 20th notes. They're not quintuplets. Quintuplet is a polyrhythm. Quintuplet is, is implying, I'm going to put five of something over something else. But if they're the actual subdivision, what are they called? Fifth notes? 20th notes? I don't know. But that's what they are. There's 20 of them in a measure of 4-4. Four, four. So how... Comfortable can we get hearing five subdivisions between each chord note, but not thinking them as, a, as quintuplets? Because when you're drum line, you're doing five groupings a lot, but they're played as either polyrhythms, fives on tops of things, or accented fives in a time signature, so the, so the accents are moving across the, the bar. But very rarely, if not, I don't think, I don't think we're doing this yet where everything is just the subdivision is fives. Even if we go back to the 12 8 part, the dotted 8th note, the 3 16th note groupings. What is going on with these other relationships? Why can't our human mind grasp it quickly? Why do we, why do we grasp 4 16th note groupings much easier than any other? I don't know. Does anyone here know? Maybe it becomes your mission to figure that out. What is it about the human mind that needs to have chord notes be the subdivision? Sixteenth notes to be the subdivision and nice clean groupings of fours. When we hear a waltz, one, two, three, one, two, three, a very common thing to do is play dotted, eight, dotted chord notes. Uh, 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 uh. We always want to pull things back into some kind of duple feel. Without any reference, all of a sudden, what is this? It's something that we can rely on. It's release. Ah, nice release. Same things with fives. Still be five sixteenth notes. I'm not hearing. I'm not squishing this into this. I'm laying this on top of this. So these, these things fascinate me. So I would, I would go around and I would be listening to stuff and I realized this feels like a rhythmic meditation. And immediately the, the word mantra came to me because that's... You know, in a meditation, you guys familiar with meditating? 
the concept, the word at least. Meditation and mantra. Mantra is the concept of repetition. So you might, in meditation, you might have a, a word or a phrase that you just repeat over and over and over. And a lot of people say, my mantra is practice six hours a day. That's my mantra. You've heard that, right? My mantra is don't eat candy bars. You know, we make these, our mantra is my rule kind of thing. And it's our thing that we are going to stay true to. So a real mantra is like, you know, like Indian tradition would be like, Om Mane Padme Om, Om Mane Padme Om, Om Mane Padme Om, Om Mane Padme Om. And you'd say that over and over. If you were Hindu, you would say this prayer over and over and over to keep yourself centered and focused on, on the present moment. Okay? That's kind of become a buzzword, being present. Well, what better time to be present than when you're playing your instrument, right? If you're playing your instrument and you're checked out, that's when the mistakes happen. Can you imagine if you're a rock climber hanging 2,000 feet from no above nothing and you just checked out? You're gone. You're done. There's not, a, there's, there's not a life risk when we perform. And so we let ourselves check out because we know we're safe. We're not threatened. And when we check out, we've just done the music at this service. We've done our fellow musicians at this service. It happens all the time. And I think that we're in a time now where we're kind of evolving as a species. We're evolving as humans. We're evolving as artists and as musicians. And, um, you know, the development of jazz happens. And it's this communication of the jazz language. We're all playing together. Yeah, man, we're making music together. We're doing this thing. But it's become... It's, it's very easy to check out and do that kind of thing. You know, you, you, you have your bag of tricks. And you go, you go with your bag of tricks. And it becomes kind of inauthentic. And I think the inauthenticity comes from the lack of concentration in the present moment. And it's a whole lot easier to rely on your bag of tricks than to, than, than, than to man up and be like, I'm in this moment. I'm only going to play what's appropriate right now. Regardless of all the licks I know, that's not what's happening right now with everybody else in this music, so I'm not going to play that because it's not right. My soul is not saying it's time for this. And so you may end up playing an entire gig if you never did anything that was fancy. But you were true because you were with everybody in the moment. I think it's super important. And every, everything that I create, all these studies I do is self-imposed, self-inflicted, because I realize that these are things that I have struggles with. I have struggles with checking out. I used to pride myself in coordination, and which translated into multitasking, which translates into, I can do lots of things at once. Untrue. We cannot do lots of things at once. You can do one thing, and then you can change, and you can do one thing else. And I check that every once in a while. Like, I play a church gig. And I love the church service. It's a wonderful uh, speaker every week. But every once in a while, she's speaking, and I look over at my phone, and I click, 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 Instagram. I check, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I did not hear anything that just happened. I was not multitasking. I was one track, but here's my attention. So I developed all these exercises in this system called the drum mantra. And, the, and those exercises are designed to train us to stay focused 
but it's to train us to understand how all accent permutations and how all pulse permutations interact and work together. So it's real drum nerd stuff to train not only our bodies, but to train our minds to stay centered and focused. And the repetition, the mantra part of these exercises is to help our bodies develop muscle memory. Because the deepest level of playing comes when your body understands exactly what needs to happen. When your body is completely trained to respond to the music, we can eliminate the need to use our minds, to use the intellect. Now, this is a tricky, slippery slope. But emotion comes from the body, and then the mind says, what is this? Let me try to figure out how to calculate this, and now I'm going to respond with what I'm prepared to respond with. Well, why not eliminate that, and why not just let the body do the responding? The ears, you hear something, our body goes, oh, it's time for this. Before you know it, now this is happening. And it happened because the body said, this is what's going on, and I understand what I need to do to make it the most harmonious that I can. Mind doesn't have to go, I can put a sextuplet in here. That's gone. It might happen, but it's not because you thought, I need to do this. It's because, ooh, wow, I just, I just experienced that happening. Now, this comes in all forms on every instrument. Every master has reached the level where they are playing from a space of purity. I like to call it purity because that means that you're not, you're not inflicting your own needs on what you're doing as an expressor. Now, how does this translate into playing a piece of classical music, a piece of, you know, a, a marimba, a piece of literature or something? Uh, I don't know because I don't play that, those instruments. But I know it will because there's a sense of peace in performing from a, from a space of, of mastery. Right? You practice something a lot, you're going to be better at it than if you only practice it twice and then it's time for the performance. You're freaking out, you're nervous, oh my God, I'm not ready, I don't know what the second page has on it. Or you spend so much time, the piece is your mantra, you've mastered it, you go out, it's time for the performance, you're cool, you're calm because you understand the moment is going to work the proper way. So that's the philosophy and the psychology behind being able to go play that, I do that, it's almost just like, it's like I'm sitting down and, you know, having a good bowl of cereal or my favorite piece of toast with peanut butter. Right? I sit down and I play an exercise like that and I know that it's good for me. I just know that it's good for me. I know that I am aligning my neuronet to have mastery over physical movement. And I mean, listen to the sound, listen how that, listen to the relationship of that. It's hypnotic. 
hypnotic. It's, it's, uh, it's safe. Why is it safe? Why do I use the word safe? Check this out. By the way, my name is Rich Stitzel. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I'm from Fort Worth. I've lived in Chicago for the last 17 years. I've been a professional drummer since, uh, since I would probably say 1991 is when music became how I made my living. So since then, till now, either teaching or playing is what I do. Um, I've toured all over the world. I've played with Grammy-winning artists. I've played with platinum-selling artists. I've played little dive bars, and I've played huge arenas, and I've been in tour buses, and I've been in vans, and I've done everything. I've done everything you can in this business. If you have questions about the business, I'm happy to answer. Just shoot me a question now or on social media. I'm always happy to talk. But um, so I come. I come at this from a whole lot of experience in every avenue of what you can do in this, this genre called artist as musician. Um, what was I gonna go with this? Safe. What? Safe. 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 Check this Thank out, you. this is cool. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Check this out, this is really cool. <laughs> Thanks for the cue. <laughs> Let's just do it like this. this rhythm? Let's clap it together. One, two, and ready, go! Great. What's the name of that rhythm? Is that my dad that answered that question? The trumpet player? Rick Stitzel. He's famous. Oh yeah. Clave, what kind of clave? I have no idea. He has no idea. Does this one? Some. Three, two, some. Very good. Three, two. Because it can also be two, three. Yeah. Right now it's three, two. Two, three. Three, two, some, clave. <laughs> you must be a trumpet player, too. <laughs> Get that? Mm. Never understand why? Why? Uh, why is there tension in this uh, measure? Syncopation seems the most Syncopation. Mm -hmm. Now we've evolved musically enough to go, well, that's not that much tension. That's not that big of a deal. We can create lots more tension. But the definition of tension in music is syncopation. So here we go. There's the eighth note upbeat on beat two. And oh, there's tension. And here's the uh, release. Anything on the on the beats, on the main pulses is release. Okay? Well, if I were to write this as one measure, it would look like this. Help me out. Oh yeah, and and four, thank you. <laughs> Chalkboards are very strange. Right? Now we're going to pretend that these are quarter notes still and stuff. So our tension is still going to exist just right there. We're going to pretend like all this stuff is really here. We're just compressing it because it's easier to write this 
da, da, da. There's a three note grouping. There's a dotted note. Here's a 16th note and two eighth note rest. That's also a dotted note. So there's three 16th notes here. There's three 16th notes here. And now we go into our duple. There's four 16th notes, two 16th notes, and four 16th notes. Grouping of three, grouping of three, grouping of four, or more simply, let's call it a grouping of two, and a grouping of two, and a grouping of two, and a grouping of two. I could go two different directions now with this lesson. I can go here or here, and I'm trying to decide which place to go. Maybe we can do both. Okay, tension, let's just stay with where I'm at. Sorry, my brain is kind of going crazy here. One thing that I realized about the concept of tension and release is if tension is stretched out long enough and we can rely on it, is it tension? If that happens for a really long time, why can't that be a sense of release? Because a sense of release is, the thing that requires release to me is the ability to relax into something. And if you can sit on it and you can rely on it and if it's there consistently, then you're in a new release. So, if we stretch this dotted eighth note out for a long time, it can start to imply a secondary release. These are composer kind of things that I'm talking about. Besides like overcoming physical challenges, you can start thinking of compositions in ways that you can have something happening, and then you can create this next level of secondary release, dotted eighth note that, that, that bubbles on top of something. And now, compositionally, you're having two things happen at the same time that both make sense. It's a tricky thing to try to figure out, but it can be a compositional tool. So if you have two pulses, trajectory or on you go on this so we can start to create these layers of rhythm that don't really interfere with each other I love playing pop picks. satisfy my own ego, <laughs> but I don't want to get fired, 
Because <laughs> the singers, I guarantee you, have no idea what this is. They, know, they do not understand it. Most other people in the band don't get what this is. <laughs> but I can lightly kind of just have some fun in my ego moments and go, oh, I'm going to put a little bit of five in top on top of this. <laughs> now, I learned a lesson the hard way because one time we're playing like, you know, some kind of disco dance thing. And the singer turned around, and the dance floor got funky, and I'm like, I, I, I would never do that. <laughs> <laughs> I did, I moved the four note groupings into five note groupings real quick, and it didn't take long for everyone to go. So, you know, you have to be kind of judicious about <laughs> how you pop that stuff in there. Okay, so, so, so when you start to consider these concepts of release, question everything. I mean, that's the game. That's the beauty of what we get to do as musicians and as artists, is we get to invent based on the rules, and then we get to go with it. And, and, and I mean, music is infinite. How many songs are there? I don't know. How many notes are there? Twelve. How many songs? Infinite. How many notes? Twelve. That's awesome. That's awesome. So we can really, you can have fun with this your whole life. Always... Be committed to trying to discover more. This when school's over is when the real study begins. Because now you don't have to do, once you get out of school, you don't have to do the work that you're being told to do. This is getting you ready. And then life starts and you start going, oh, I'm having these experiences. I need to figure out how to, how to calculate what I do to best work for this experience. Now I'm doing this experience. How am I going to make this the best, right? So it's just, you're just at the very, very tiny, bitty part of the beginning of this whole journey that's going to last an entire lifetime. It's amazing. There are musicians who are 90 years old. They're still practicing every day because they're trying to figure it out. You can either be a person that's going, man, 30 more years and I get to retire. <laughs> or you could be the person like, oh, I can't believe it. I still haven't figured it out. I'm about to die. In <laughs> <laughs> some life, if you're good, eventually you'll come back as a tabla player. <laughs> and then you're in real trouble because you're four years old going, <laughs> Let's look at this real quick. Our plane leaves in two and a half hours. I should have, we should have done this a little earlier. Um, I, I want to make sure I give some things away. It, I have a package coming from Evans, and it hasn't arrived. And even Sabian has sent some things. So when those things come, just divvy that stuff up. You know, give it, give it away to the kids that are good. <laughs> um, do we have the names? Yes, except just, there's three more people that... Away, I don't want to get to the end of the day and be like, oh man, I need to give this stuff away. So let me there's give like, There's away. like three more people that walked in that didn't put their name on the list, though, right at the end. So. With, the, with the three note grouping, so there's four accents per measure. And then A, B, C, D, all the way to F is different permutations of the pulse, which in this place, the pulse is the foot. Sounds like this. I'll play one measure of each. Ready? Go. Like two measures of each, so you can lock into it. One, two, three. 
Pujas for a really long time, you'll start to see some very interesting rhythms start to pop out. Like for instance, 6B, your brain, if you're not looking at it, you're just hearing it, it you really, your brain really wants to tell you, I'm in 12-8. And that last accent of the bass drum lines up with the accent in the hands. I really am going to make you believe that that's beat 4 in 12-8. Okay, so little things like that will start occurring. As you untrain your conditioned mind, you can start hearing things in different perspectives. That'll go away, but in the beginning, that'll be there. Okay, turn the page. Rhythmic melodies. This is one of the things that, all this stuff is in my book, the foundation series. So rhythmic melodies, this first thing, you see all the accent cells. Accent on the downbeats, the E's, the ands, the us, the E's and us, all the eighth notes, beats two and four, beats three. Everyone see that? Then you apply those with any sticking you'd like to the next page, which is melodies. So you're reading these melodies as you're playing the 16th note with the accent. So I'll just, for, just as an example, I'll accent the E's as I read this page down. No repeats. One, two, three. stuff. That is that. Thank you all so much. I really appreciate it. I would like to do a picture. Let's get a picture. All right. Thanks for listening. If that was a little confusing to just listen to, you can go to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Rich Stitzel and watch the clinic. And that might make a little bit more sense if you can actually see things. So you can do that as well. I hope you enjoy, and I look forward to talking to you again. 
Thank you so much for listening to the Drum Mantra Podcast. Your time and attention is much appreciated. I would love it if you went to the iTunes store and left a rating. And please share this with anybody that you think would like to go deeper with their practice. Take care.